So my alarm goes off at 6.45 in the morning and it's dark now. And this week's not been so bad, mainly because I turned it off and did not get up at 6.45 in the morning. But up until then, like last week, it went off and I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? The answer, the obvious answer is because then I go downstairs and I write for 45 minutes and generally it's quite productive, but that wasn't enough for me. Why was I doing this to myself? So I have no answer to that for myself at the moment, but why do you put yourself through this? <laughs> um, why are you right? I like that it's quite an open topic to yeah. tackle. Um, yeah, so I, I had to think about this. Um, I kind of, yeah, just lots of stuff just came out of my head in one in one kind of vomit of, of ideas. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the basic thing that I was thinking of is this idea of, I feel like without bragging in some way, I've got a kind of boundless, twisted imagination a kind of at least two or three different narratives running at any one time and things that happen in my life or things that I see on TV or films or bits of music I listen to or podcasts I listen to mm -hmm. stories I read in the paper or books any of that could suddenly float into one of those and kind of steer it in a different direction sometimes quite literally the idea kind of just gets implanted sometimes it could just go it could be a real subtle you know steering it somewhere else so the basic thing I thought is to try and capture the ideas that are in my head, but I know that it's quite a big struggle for me to recreate the ideas I have on the page so and, and vocally and verbally as well. Yeah. So it sounds like you're constantly uh, in a fight with yourself, constantly mm. battling to express yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, more, that kind of there's not a direct translation between the internal and the external um but i'd love to be able to get to that i feel like that might be the, the final boss level of of writing if it was a video game is <laughs> exactly what i'm thinking comes out on the page that would be amazing yeah because i find when i'm i'm writing like that I, I wrote a scene the other day and it was two people sitting at kitchen table and there was a particular look on the face of one of the characters and I could see it really clearly and I just thought how do I write that how do I write that look and then I just thought leave it for the film <laughs> leave it for the screenwriter exactly leave let the, the actors interpret <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, that's a point where I feel like I'm trying to write in someone else's voice. Mm. So I, I, I guess that's another part of the internal versus external struggle is the, the what is your voice? Do you have one definite voice? Do you have a few? Obviously, I'm more focused on script writing, mm. screenwriting. And that's, I've always sort of said, a bit more of a science than an art. Like there's a, you know, it's kind of standard formats and things that you go for. And there's... A wig, you know, wiggle room within that, but um, yeah, I, I definitely read scripts. I just think, wow, that's just so. The word that always comes to my mind is that's so efficient, mm. like it captures something so efficiently. And I think that's now steered me towards when I read books and prose. 
I think, wow, that's so efficient. And even when I watch stuff, I just go, oh, they didn't waste any of my time with that. And I really notice when people do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the second part when I start thinking about why we write, I just thought I, I need to be brutally honest. And that is ultimately it's validation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I think when you say that, it makes me think it's leaving a mark. It's like I've done something, I've produced something, you can see what I've done. Here's a thing I made. This didn't exist. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like validation is quite an open thing. Mm. It sounds like quite a cheap thing to, to seek validation, but there's there's different versions of that. Um, you know, I can't deny that kind of success and, and, and financial stability through writing would be great. Um, tempted by fame, tempted by like we talked previously about the idea of um, fan fan bases for your work, yeah. and I was saying how uncomfortable it'd be to have a kind of fan base that was really um, protective of me. You know, like you get pop stars mm-hmm. who've got a massive fan base who, who come under a kind of collective name that would do anything and, and kind of will hound people who criticise that that person and I, how deeply uncomfortable I would be until you pointed out that I could call them the Lingardians. Joshua Lingard Smith. I could call them the Lingardians. And yes. oh, actually, that's pretty good. So maybe I need to make myself more comfortable with that. I think I think giving them a name like that, Lingardians, makes it almost compulsory that you need this fan base. Yeah, I gotta do it, haven't I? Yeah. Oh, it's always okay. kind of upset me that my surname doesn't naturally translate to a movement. <laughs> Sort of like something to do with the Buccaneers or something. Yeah. Because you know. you've, um, yeah, like Blairism, Blairites, Buckleyism. Yeah. It doesn't work. I don't yeah. think, I don't feel, but the Buccaneers, I could take that. If you achieve Buckleyism, though, that would be quite an amazing thing. Only if, if it a, was a positive if a movement thing. could be described as Buckleyism. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is Buckleyism right here. It might be. This might be the start. Yeah, that could be the name of this. It could be, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just go all out. It's all about you, Karina. <laughs> Bookleyism. Um, uh, this would be funny if, if, you know, if, like, you did attain, you know, that next level of success and people started to know your name, to come mm. back and listen and go, oh, yeah, this is Bookleyism. That's where it started. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Yeah, yeah, I need to level up to um, continue your metaphor. At least I said it first, not you. That's so, true. Um, but there's lots of types of validation. There's, mm. there's not just the you know great reviews in newspapers and, and critical reviews and stuff like that. There is, you know, you've had plays performed, mm. and uh, I'm one of those that I attended. It was easily the best one that was on there, and oh, I could you. feel that in the room that people were really drawn to it in a different way. Not that they necessarily all came away saying that's the best one here, but there was an energy to it mm. that I could feel people were drawn into. Yeah, I can't remember which one that was. Which one did you come and see? That was the one about the the kind of orb. That, oh, the truth that the person was holding that contained yes. the truth. Yeah. 
yeah, that was good. <laughs> if I may say so. I feel real, it's weird. It's like, yeah, I made that thing and it exists now and it's separate from me. And sometimes I marvel at that. It's like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, and it was tangible. Yeah. It was right there on a stage. There it was. Like, you could have gone You could have gone up there and torn it down if you wanted to. <laughs> I could have done, but I would never do that because it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good, and, and, like, I really enjoyed it. And, like I say, there was definitely mm. an energy to it. Uh, and there were a couple of other pieces that were on that night that had something to them that I could mm. feel people being grabbed by but yours had a, a humor and a kind of big idea translated through quite a kind of humorous set piece mm. that um made people makes you think that, that yeah. horrible thing I like those little plays because they're all 10 to 15 minutes I think I've done five or six now and the way I write those always seems to be different to the way I write anything else. They all seem to be really, they're quite funny, but cutting and a little bit of an undercurrent to them. And people respond really well to them. It works. I think it's more like I found a formula in my head um, to write that kind of thing for that kind of audience. And it, it feels really good to write something and know the lines coming up and wait for the laugh and there's the laugh. That yeah. feels really, really good. That is a great kind of validation. And I wrote another scene for a different play, um, my hat play, the long one. And there was a scene of uh, a death scene, a deathbed. And it was just being read through in a, a workshop. And the people that were reading it through had tears in their eyes at the end. And I just thought, brilliant it works <laughs> that, that's that's one of the ultimate goals yeah it's like i've made people laugh and i've made them cry i really have achieved in life <laughs> you've got to have that some you know that's got to be somewhere you've made at least you know a yeah small group of people laugh and a small group of people cry if i could put that on a writing cv because i have started a writing cv i don't know really what should go on it I've just listed these plays but if I could if I could put those top moments on like when this was read in September 2019 two people cried then that would be really good <laughs> yeah yeah actually yeah because you're off the CCV so it's like your responsibilities and your achievements exactly you know, there's an that achievement could be one of your achievements yeah make people cry yeah right CVs are a difficult thing my 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 I don't really have a proper writer's CV because I don't feel like there's anything to really fill it with. Mm. But when I've done kind of personal statements relating to writing or creative work, I've now started to side with just a very sarcastic, um, self-mocking kind of thing. Uh, and, and it's much more enjoyable that way. <laughs> I, I, when I, I wrote something, um, a, a four-part web series, I, I was one of the four writers on it and um i wrote the final sort of episode of it the final part and um prior to the premiere they, they wanted a biography of each of the writers and they wanted you to provide it and i my first thing that i sent in was entirely kind of um self-mocking and very little actual information about me it always takes me back to when we did a yearbook when we were in sixth form and uh, me and my friends approach to that um, and I believe one of my friends 
the piece he submitted for another one of our friends was he just took the entry for water on Wikipedia yeah. and just submitted the summary <laughs> and that and that went into the yearbook. So I think one of our friends was described as, as a, you know, kind of scientific definition of what water is. And I just thought, yeah, I feel more comfortable with doing something like that than singing my own praises. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but going back to the validation thing, mm-hmm. I, I flipped the validation on its head and thought about that ego, still still playing on the ego element. Mm-hmm. I thought, why are we right? Is it for, ultimately, is it for validation? Or, and I'm, I'm thinking about me, is it to prove people wrong? Mm, yeah because there's sometimes when you're a writer of the sort of level that I am um where it's slightly condescended slightly demeaned as a as a kind of hobby but not not a hobby like a sport where people sort of seem to Mm. get it in some way just a bit Um, a bit odd a bit suspicious maybe a bit yeah. strange. Mm. Yeah, what are you writing? Mm. What? I, yeah, you don't have ideas. Um, and it, ultimately the feeling that I'm, I'm not even sure that my close friends and family would really truly enjoy what I write. Like, I think they would only say they enjoy it, or maybe maybe they would slightly enjoy it, but I think a big part of that would be bias because, mm. it, you know, they're close to me. But then I think back to, I heard a comedian say something about never writing jokes for their friends or family, for their close friends or family, which I thought, yeah, yeah. I yeah. That shouldn't be who I'm worried it's about. it's not for them, and that, yeah. And that also shouldn't be something that holds me back from portraying certain ideas where I think, oh, but what if they think you know, some kind of whatever, some kind of sordid mm. um, sex fiend because you wrote that as a character. Um. I don't know if you've come across that where you think, can I write this? Are people going to think worse of me? A little bit. Um, It's a bit naff, really. But I was concerned because I'm writing this this amazing crime book at the moment. I say amazing. Uh, You never know who's listening. Agents. (laughs) (laughs) Say it like you mean it. (laughs) This fantastic groundbreaking crime book. Um, And my mum, the queen of crime, is my first reader, official, capital F, capital R. And um, I reached this point where I introduced this new younger character and they've got obviously got to speak differently. They've got to sound different on the page. Obviously, one way of doing that is to make the language of one of them as filthy as possible. And I thought, I can't, I can't write these words. My mum is going to read these words. And it was annoying because in my head I was like, but the character needs to say the words. The character's saying the words. And she would read any other crime book with any other swearing in it and she wouldn't say, oh, that nice author said those naughty words. It would be the character. But because I was writing it and I'm the crime queen's daughter, she's going to think, oh, Karina has been swearing and it it was really it was a real (laughs) she doesn't speak in that voice have to say but it was a real tussle in my head until I said to her look she said look just share your book with me I want to read the next chapter it's like all right but there is swearing in it if you understand the swearing okay I said goodness sake I've read swearing before and that was it 
never mind the gratuitous sex scenes you've got coming up. No, no, I, I wasn't worried about that. She can handle it. <laughs> I really hope that um, I'm the crime queen's daughter is going to be a, a direct line that's used in the book at some point. Because <laughs> I feel like that's You're right. Just... I, sh I should have a pen. I need a pen and a piece of paper. I am the crime queen's daughter. <laughs> We're recording it. So You're right. I don't even need a pen. Pens you better use it first before if if someone listens. You should. Well, I'm sure Fortis and Ian will listen because they're our friends and colleagues and really ought to be here. So <laughs> they're obliged to listen. Yeah, they're the kind of silent members of the group at the minute. Yes, they're they're fully supportive in their absence. <laughs> but they can be our first first listeners. Yeah. They can have first a capital F. Audience. Yeah. First people we're seeking validation from. You're but right. they'll be biased. They'll tell us they loved it. They will. They're nice people and they uh, this is this is why we need Lingardians who can show others, who can show the biased people that actually we are worth something, and this is externally and objectively good. Yeah, thank you. Just you saying the Guardians, then it's now I'm, I'm being put off the idea. <laughs> I, I never want to accidentally sort of lead some kind of army. Um, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd be terrible at that. I would, it would yeah, okay. we'd end up in the wrong place. Um, but yeah, going, going back to the prove to prove people wrong and that mm. they're not. Um, not writing for your close friend from the and would they like it? And there's always that kind of petulant teenager in me that's like saying, you know, bemoaning grown ups and family and you know, stuff like that because you don't, you don't get me, <laughs> you don't, you just don't get me. That's it. Uh, but you could be saying that throughout your whole career, wouldn't you? Yeah, Maybe. you could be fighting that teenager attitude for decades. Yeah, because you, you know, you sometimes hear about, um, people in the creative arts who come up against their critics or challenge their critics and um, more often than not I think oh, oh just don't doesn't matter just don't don't do it you'll end up you won't come across any better I do feel like sometimes things need to be tried because there's obviously going to be some critics who are louder and, and more mainstream than others mm -hmm. and, and could ultimately decide on what the narrative around a piece of work is and and put people off or, or make it come across as something that it isn't. Um, but maybe from my own perspective, maybe it's that, and it's just this kind of constant state of like trying to avoid embarrassment. I can't ever imagine myself. I'd like to think I'd just be laid back and just saying, yeah, that's that's just their opinion. Um, no. If it was a whole world saying it, maybe. maybe not. No, well, whole worlds can be wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, millions of people can be wrong. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so then I started thinking about so why we write, that idea of, you know, what are the reasons we write. And then I started to think about, but why writing? Ooh. Why, why okay. is that the outlet? Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I, I came back to two things, which is, is it stubbornness? Is it because it's what I said I would be? So I've always said I will be at some point. Well, I guess I am a writer because I write, mm -hmm. but with the idea being that I'm someone who writes whose work is actually read by more than a few people. And is it because the idea, that idea and writing just nags away at me 
Mm. And it just, it eats at me that that's what I should be. That's why, you know, because we're, we're recording this now with the idea that we're, we're podcasting, which isn't the same as writing. Maybe that's the outlet. Maybe that's what I should be doing. But I think always writing will be there. Mm. As you said that, I thought, well, don't be silly. Of course, podcasting couldn't replace writing. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> what? <laughs> you just wait till this becomes full time. Um, yeah. So I had a look through a book. Um, it's a really good book. I picked it up a few years ago. Um, just plumped for it. I was in without, you know, without heightening the experience. I was in a independent bookshop in New York and felt very cool, very proud of myself. Rightly so. You know, leafing through a few books thinking, oh, what should I go for? And then this one appealed to me. Uh, it's by an author and uh, an editor, a very successful author and editor called Betsy Lerner. It's called The Forest for the Trees. And its subtitle is An Editor's Advice to Writers. Ooh, can I just say, good. I hate book subtitles. <laughs> I, I truly hate them. Um, yeah. I, and I there's a book that's maybe just come out, about to come out, um, about the BBC, and um, it has a particularly long um, subtitle. The book I'm, I'm very interested in, but the subtitle almost feel like it's a challenge to people, to publishers and, and people <laughs> in book marketing that think, yeah, subtitles, they're, they're the way to... I get that they're useful to steer people's stuff, particularly in non-fiction, um, you don't really see it as much in fiction. I don't think Frankenstein, Frankenstein had one, didn't it? Um, oh yeah, a modern Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like that was more of an artful kind of mm. subtitle, but yeah, subtitles in general really. But if you've got really to explain me. the book and the title, then the title isn't really doing its job properly, is it? Yeah, well, I kind of like the mystery of a title, mm. and then you've got a kind of blurb, a synopsis that goes with it. And I feel like that's that's the information I want. Mm. Um, anyway, so she wrote, and this was in in the book, The Forest for the Trees. Mm -hmm. um, she wrote, writing is a calling, and if the call subsides, so be it. It may return in greater force the next time around. I assure you, you will never make yourself right. When writers say they have no choices, what they mean is, everything in the world conspired to make me quit, but I kept going. And most can't tell you why. As Laurie Moore expressed in a publisher's weekly interview, writing has to be an obsession. It's only for those who say, I'm not going to do anything else. Or as she began a brilliant story, how to become a writer, first try to be something, anything else. And I just like that as a, it's a nice summary of definitely how mm. my mind goes through the, when I challenge myself to stop writing. Yeah. It's a very familiar sentiment, actually. And Laurie Moore's, I've got one of her books upstairs of her short stories and yeah I, I do feel especially for the last few years I'm just doing my job until I can be a full-time writer I'm just doing this until I'm at the point where I can move full-time to writing that is like it's become almost wholly my identity not quite because I still you know I'm I'm invested in my job and I pay attention to it and I do it as well as I can, but I'm doing it until I can write all the time. Uh, but I, I think you're doing that 
um, it's not just a claim. I, I think you are actually practicing mm. what you preach because if I think back to when we started having the writing group, which this has kind of sprouted from, um, four years ago, maybe something like that, mm. three or four years ago. And I think about all the steps along the way in your journey, not, not, not going to tell you your journey to yourself, but I just think, yeah, actually you've been constantly pushing and trying different things and mm. it's always been progress even if to you, you felt like it's uh, maybe you're steering in a different direction, heading one way. But I think, yeah, it is a constant thing of progress where actually you will be able to look back and say, and trace that journey and go, oh yeah, yeah. The goal was to be to be a writer who's, who's published or plays mm. being performed, et cetera. And these are the steps along the way that I took for when you write that, um, Karina Buckley on writing. Yeah, yeah. Or my biographer might want to make use of that. Yeah. Whichever. Yeah. Have you found one yet? I'm still working on that. <laughs> I might do it myself. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a I'll... writer that potentially could be. Oh, yeah, you're right. Work, yeah, so, yeah. And I've known you for a few years now. So yeah, I'll let's talk. <laughs> Very cheap. So. Yeah, no, that is true. It does feel like it's become more of a compulsion. The call, the idea of a calling is is absolutely recognisable me do you feel that as well yourself yeah like I say the, the idea nags at me mm. and, I, and I don't just mean the idea that because I said I'd do it I've got to do it because there's been plenty of things I've said I'm going to do when I left London I said I'm going to run a coffee cart I'm not currently running a coffee cart <laughs> You're really I've not. never come closer <laughs> to running a coffee cart than making decent coffee for myself um so there's plenty of things that have you know I've dropped as ideas but um just wanting to write it, it just it always feels it's always nagged away at me mm -hmm. which makes it sound like a negative but and admittedly there were times when it, it was a kind of painful thing to sit down to write but we've discussed this in the writers group i you know feel like now i'm at a stage where i really enjoy writing mm -hmm. and the struggle and the pain parts I know are part of my process mm -hmm. and I know I just have to go through those and I kind of embrace them yeah. I'll say I enjoy them but I embrace them where there's just a sometimes there's a fog in front of you and you're just full of self-doubt just think well everything I've written up to this point is useless I need to get rid of it a bit and start again and maybe I just need to give up I now know that that's just part of the mm. struggle um which is also a nice sign at your progress I think, because now you recognise that as familiar. Now you recognise you do have a process. Uh, and that just shows, um, I think, how far you've come too. that you, you are so you're so comfortable and familiar with what you need to go through to produce something that you can embrace it. It's becoming a compliment fest. Um, it is, isn't it? Gush fest. Which, yeah, let's no, do this more. Is, I guess that's more of a personal, that's more of the internal journey, the confidence. Mm in your words and confidence in writing. Um, I had uh, about 11 months of 2018, so basically from January through to the 1st of December when my son was born, where I aimed to write, I think at first it was 250 words a day, then it became 500 mm. words a day. And by the end, the average was close, you know, between 700 and 800 words mm. a day. And that wasn't the struggle. I mean, sometimes it was a struggle, 
but it wasn't um it was just a habit and it was there yeah and i so regret that i didn't keep it up but you know certain things made that more difficult but um yeah i, I definitely feel like more of the internal journey I progressed mm. on and maybe now i just need to be a bit more external and submit more let people read my stuff more mm -hmm. put myself up for more criticism and potentially what you might get back is validation yeah it's a very nice um very nice circle that you've drawn there in your musings so, like so basically there's no one reason why i there write. isn't yeah and i can't fully answer that question but i enjoy thinking about it mm. and i think maybe i need to think about it more yeah no, definitely. It's worth thinking about. I mean, my short answer is because I have to. So next Monday, my alarm clock will go off at 6.45. I will get up, I will come downstairs and I will write. Otherwise, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. And it's because I have to in a positive sense. So Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, good. Cool. Well, thanks for making me think about why I write. Pleasure. Thanks for your abundant compliments and let's feel really great about ourselves for the rest of the evening yeah and hopefully we'll get some input yeah from the other members at some point absolutely and i'd like to think that yeah i think that they will definitely have different answers along similar themes which is yeah. you know i think most writers will probably be coming down to a few reasons. It'll be good to hear. Yeah, definitely.